Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming your weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about RHA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hi my name is stephanie from sudbury ontario canada and you're listening to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast Uh, oh sorry (laughs) not sorry Danny is not sorry. That's how Danny starts podcast meetings. No, I mean, I was the one that's not letting, you know, that's let, not. Let me just interrupt this conversation. <laughs> well, I just. I'm over it. Um, what if I got good banter? 
but then but then I realized as I was hitting record that you were actually about to like release top secret exactly back end <laughs> secret things that we're working on <laughs> you're about to be like I can do on the <laughs> shut it down <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah noodle on that noodle on that okay welcome everybody <laughs> to the ha podcast um ladies thank you very much for being flexible with the time of where with which we were scheduling this i had to reschedule a whole bunch it's a crazy day but this is an important topic it is it is plus i'm enjoying my new monday schedule so i know look at you guys if any of you are feeling absolutely overwhelmed and it's within your power try to just group all the same crap on the same day so that you can leave yourself with some breathing room on other weeks. It'll Mm -hmm. change your life because I have absolutely been in situations where I had like so many client calls and so many sales calls and like, you know, team meetings or blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, they could be happening at any time, any day of the week. Mm -hmm. And so you never actually end up with like a block of time clear to have for yourself. And that's the part that makes you go cuckoo. Oh yeah. Well, that and feeling like I can't get a grasp on answering like uh potential clients, clients. I'm just like, oh no. So now I get to start my money off so like together. I'm not playing catch up on Monday. Just I got it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. But that was not the important topic. That's not the important That's topic. topic. So we were talking about this last week um, together uh, in a team meeting. And I was like, this is just a good podcast episode. And I know we actually talk about reintroducing exercise all the time. I feel like we talk about it too much. But um, I guess we were having, um, we were just going even more in depth. I think I always talk about it on the YouTube and stuff at like a higher level. Cause I really want to keep it simple. Like I'm not trying to overcomplicate for people how training works and stuff like that. But what we found, like what kind of came up for us in the conversation was that we were realizing that people mm. um, are often having a hard time determining, like they feel like it's all or nothing, right? So I can have, I can either have exercise and like, I just have to deal with HA. <laughs> like, I'll just have that and I'll deal with it later because I want to keep my exercise or um, I have to get rid of it entirely. Mishi, this came up because of a conversation you were having with a client. So yeah, provides for us like an example of the context of this. Oh, an example of the context. Like um, you were the most recent one having this conversation. <laughs> I was. I'm like, how much context do I give? I just, we, I had a client who was an ex, well, marathon runner. And she did a really great job. She cold turkey, cut out running all together. And we were able to get her period back relatively quickly. And um, her, you know, a cup, after a couple of cycles, things were falling in healthy cycle parameters, um, except for like, uh, her baseline temperatures were a little bit on the lower side, as well as her like ovulation temperatures were a little bit on the lower side. And so 
she was very um, fixated on like, once I get three like ovulatory periods, I can go right back to things. And so we had a lot of conversations about like, you know, it's, it still looks like there's some work that needs to be done, obviously, um, to make sure that we're getting our baseline temperatures up. And then, you know, your luteal phases, like you're having these really robust ovulations, all of those things. And we had kind of like a whole plan set in place of like how we would bring exercise back in because she really wants to run, um, uh, a certain marathon again. And I was like, it's totally possible. We can totally do that. But now we know what your end goal is. Let's kind of like reverse engineer our way into that. And um, I hadn't talked to her for a minute. Uh, and then when I did, came to find out that she was like, oh, I went back to running. I think it was like six to 10 miles, like uh, a week or something. And I was like, oh, that is not what we talked about at all. And so this is kind of how that conversation started about. Um, and I think kind of, the conversation her and I had, it was, it did seem as if she had the idea that it was like, you know, I either run and don't ovulate or I don't exercise and I ovulate. So it was like this very either or type mindset. And so that's kind of like where we're at right now is working with that and, and just realizing and clarifying that, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, running or ovulating there is a world where both exist we just can't do it in the way that we were doing it before and now the way that we're doing it is we're leading like with our health we're leading we're allowing like our menstrual cycle to tell us like it are we doing too much are we eating enough are we resting enough like versus you know I don't know whatever our brains are telling us kind of thing so yeah that's kind of how this conversation all started about yeah yeah, this is good. So the reason I thought it would make a great conversation was like maybe we talk about um, that middle ground, just like with more conviction, right? And so what we usually say in our content and things is like, well, once you've had a number of cycles and they look good, you know, start working the training back in, right? And so somewhere along the way, that message gets lost for some people and they're just like, once I recover, this is it, right? Like I have to be more chill with my exercise. And I think we need to kind of re-define, uh, <laughs> you know, we need to be appropriate, <laughs> not more chill, not more like lax, is it more strategic, Ashley? Yeah, I think it's one of the, yeah. to the point of all of this of you can definitely train hard and ovulate and I think that people are so afraid that that is not a real thing that they're like you know what I'm gonna get my period back and then just screw it I'm, I'm gonna go back to it because like I like there's not a world where like these two things exist that is the furthest thing from the truth what's possibly not true is that you can't chronically under eat and trade hard and ovulate, right? So this is where anytime that I have a client who goes ham on exercise, even though I give the same spiel to every client, welcome to your second cycle. Most people here 
go crazy and then they uh, either have delayed ovulation or they lose their cycle and then you have to start back over. I know you're going to do it anyways. That is okay. I will be here as soon as you come back. Um, <laughs> but because it's like, this is where, you know, Dan and I used to talk about this time is like, at this point, you're not even being logical about training because, you, because it's such a fear-based decision. The only reason why someone would go out and start running 10 miles a week is because it's based off of fear because mm -hmm. that's not logic. Logic doesn't say I haven't ran for X amount of time. I'm going to go back into it and start running 10 miles a week. Like that's not, that's not logic. That's not intentional training. Um, no coach would. So let's just say that you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go back to training and I'm going to go back to seeing my coach or my trainer. They wouldn't start you off with 10 miles a week. They also probably wouldn't start you off with two miles, two times a week, right? Like you are truly easing back in. And so anytime that we, anytime that we do anything impulsive, it's because we want to change the way we feel. So that's just what an impulse is. If I scroll on my phone, it's because I don't want to feel frustrated with what I'm doing and I want to feel better or I want to tap out from trying and I'm just going to scroll on my phone, right? Or, you know, so really and truly the like impulse to be like, you know, Ashley told me to do one mile one times per week, but I'm going to do two miles two times a week is because I'm afraid blank, blank, and blank is true or blank, blank, and blank is going to happen, right? So I think it's really interesting to first and pause and be like, who was writing your training program? Logic or fear? Because most of the times, whenever we run off and do something cuckoo, it's fear, right? So like, we don't even have, like, we're not even in the brain that lets us be like, okay, so we're going to do a buildup phase. We're going to have like training blocks. We're going to, you know, be intentional about intensity or frequency. And then, and then I'm going to have a deload week. All yeah, that's from the logic side. No one in think about this. That's probably how you got into HA is because you were so afraid of the deload week. Mm -hmm. I take a week off and tone it back to like 50%. I'm the loser who's not going to get ahead or I'm going to gain weight or all my gains go out the window. And then that's why you think you're the human on earth who doesn't need like a uh, training box. Yeah. That's how you got into HA. That's how I got into it. That's how we all got into HA because like we were like training, like deload weeks are for suckers. <laughs> and, and then like, you wind up with HA. Is like, I don't know if you ever remember that quote. Uh, it was something like your rest day is like, or yes, your warm up is my what? No, yeah. your workout is my warm up, and some crap about like, um, while they're resting, you're working kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yes, the, that kind of stuff has messed with people. But, but so what I love about it is like, if you're a real competitor, like maybe if I was super close. I'd be like, you know what? I want to be the best um, weightlifter. So what I'm going to do is spread a bunch of misinformation out there. So everyone else trains wrong. <laughs> maybe of the mind. Maybe that is what has had. That's really actually what's happened. No, people are just straight yeah. ignoring science in the name of weight loss, because there is a nugget mm -hmm. of truth that the like 
the more calories you put out, the more weight you'll lose. However, there's all these other nuances and ceilings and issues of metabolism changes and stuff that come along the way. Um, and none of those conversations are ever about hormones. No, <laughs> right? they, they don't care they're about, never it. about no that. They're about physiques yeah. and stuff, you know? Nobody is caring about ovulation when like, you're like, I need to train and look like a bodybuilder who doesn't compete. Do we need a motivational poster that says, while I'm resting, she's not ovulating? Oh my God. <laughs> my rest equals right. ovulation or something like that. I get more gains from resting than she does from training 365 because that is true. Oh, like, and the funny thing is when you finally do take a deload, you do it right for like, you know, you pry your fingers away. You finally listen to your, uh, you know, athletics coach or whatever, and you take rest and you get better. You're like, oh, wow. That yeah. did work. Yeah. You're like, hmm, it can't work again. I've, I've adapted now. Like I can't work again. It can't work again. It works. Like it I'm so works. elite that I have adapted. <laughs> I also wonder too, like to the deload. <laughs> like some people just the messaging is that things have to be hard, life has to suck. And I also think that sometimes when we're in some sort of disorder or we just hate our body, I don't know what it is. Like you you put the punishment on your body. Like it's purposely punishing your body. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't know if I'm explaining myself right, but like some of it is, is like, we know rest is so important, but we just are like, my body doesn't deserve to rest. Mm -hmm. I don't. Oh yeah. You are, you know, I, I've often thought about this Mishi. I'm yet to hear it well articulated, but once I do, I feel like it will come up in every episode. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what is it that makes us see the science, acknowledge the science, see the program, acknowledge it's, it works for other people. But say, I just don't, I just don't trust that will work for us. Like work for me, me and my body. My body is like, I don't trust it to respond to the rest in the way that everyone is saying that it will. Right. Mm -hmm. Or to respond to the, the light sessions. Like it, I assume it's a problem with how just like exercise information is touted like is you know and and like the rocky montages never show him on his dealer <laughs> uh he looks rugged by the way uh so <laughs> but I also think that it's very similar to body image where you're like she can wear that but I can't or she can have that body yeah. but I can't so it's like there's something there I, and I certainly cannot articulate what that is but 100% yeah, well, because I think the entire time we're led to believe that there's something wrong with our body. And that's why we need that program. That's why we need this thing. You know what I mean? So I don't think that we'll ever know the extent of how much we're making decisions based on fear. Again, based on fear, because we've been told your body is wrong. If so, I have one. I, I had a one situation and I was like, kind of back to this, where she was like, I hope it's okay. I like need like eight to nine hours of sleep. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Of course, that's okay. 
Like I need eight to nine hours of sleep. We all do. <laughs> I am I am pumped on nine. And nine, woo, you, you like Ash is gonna be fire. And so I was like, uh, tell me more about this. She goes, well, just like everyone around me, you know, basically can be fine with like six or seven. And I was like, yeah, that's called cortisol. <laughs> like to the point where, and then you're like, I remember someone actually saying uh, at our old job, Danny, that they were like, I actually really only need like six hours as if it was like, cool to only need six hours and like work the rest of the time because you only need six hours and I'm just like and I mean there's a difference between what you need we could all survive probably on six hours of sleep yeah I'm sure that's not the question I'm sure you'd yes will you live yes if but I don't know if that's our standard right now did you like like did you survive yes okay (laughs) you know what I mean like that's not exactly and so but there's almost like I could, well, it was just really insightful because it let me know where her mentality was, where sleeping eight to nine hours was considered weak in her circle Mm -hmm. of friends or circle of people or business people that like, that, you know, like she's weak sauce for me. You around matters a lot. And I'm just like, who, who are you hanging out with? Like that's bragging about their like four hour a night sleep like uh, i'm gonna need you to be around some rested friends and see how their energy is a little bit different plug plug for the rest retreat come join us in joshua tree in march (laughs) okay i see that that. i she She doesn't trust her her body telling her that she needs eight to nine hours she's like there's something wrong with me like she was like just forewarning that there's something wrong with me no, there's not. I can't even. I'm like, where have you heard any other information other than more sleep is better? It's that's wild. It's wild. But yeah, like, so obviously, you know, she's in an environment of like high production. So this is everywhere. And I have been doing a lot of like research into, you know, business growth and stuff like that for us. And you have to be careful with that, how much of it you consume and like always check in on like, okay, they're saying this, but, um, you know, I don't have to subscribe to everything, you know, that they mm-hmm. say. So they're very like, they have a lot of good information, um, but it's also very like, well, you know, you got to work hard, you know, to make it happen, which is true. But, but they're like, well, like morning in and night and nothing else and i said you know this guy's kind of like the forever you know it's alex hormozy everybody okay um, i was like bro i've been having a thought in my head about this this entire time i have been totally in- ingesting all of it but enjoying the process of taking what works and leaving what doesn't oh 100 percent. you but have- i can see how i like i could easily or someone could easily be like oh well this guy's saying you know, he said no to his friends. Like he he got rid of friends. He stopped doing his hobbies. Like he stopped doing his fantasy football. You know, he like, he started just doing, he's like, I need all that time back. I need to be closing deals and making so bubble. I'm like, well, I'm not interested in that level, but I do like, you know, hearing, you know, your strategies here and there that worked for you, but I'm going to do it for like what works for me. But if I was mm-hmm. like, 
you know, in that group of people, how would I feel about my ability to produce? Very shitty. When actually my ability to produce is very good. Yeah, no, this is I'm just so not good. insane. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. This is so good because, um, you, well, when you recover from HA and you go back out into the real world, because you know what I mean, you're going to have, like, you're going to hear things and you have to always decide, is this for me? What do I want to take? And what do I need to leave behind? And that dude, I was like, yeah, every day you have to do that. You have to do that with friends. You have to do that with family. There's not an area in life where you don't have to do that. And I think one of the biggest things with HA is that like people can become paralyzed because there's 20 million different ways to do it. And everyone's telling you, and because you haven't been able to decide, Hey, this nutritional information is not for me. This is for me type of thing. Um, but the immediate thing is like, I don't want his life. I was just like, no, no. the moment I heard, it, I was like, I don't want your life. And if your method produces that life, bro, I don't want your life. 
but no. I'll pay attention to what you have said about this because you do have some like things, but I could tell he's such on a worth and production and earn based rat wheel that I would not be surprised if we see a bi- like an autobiography of him being like, I'm so depressed because I reached the top and there was nothing there and I cut everybody out of my life and I have like I have nothing meaningful other than these numbers I was just like oh everything in my body like even right now like a little everything in my body I'm just like oh and I'm sure there's the one percent you know who maybe does maybe does and it's like it's so fun it brings him so much joy but of course a lot of people are listening and he's just not the minor he's not the majority so this is it, it it's just to say like yeah that's everywhere that you look everywhere you take your information from netflix documentaries don't be taking your information from <laughs> like like a lot of people because even just to bring it back to the exercise example right um a lot of a lot a lot of people are like just taking the last piece of information that they heard as truth but if there's anything that has that I used to be that way. Like I used to just walk around the world being like, oh, well, like that must be true. You know, it's crazy. Like HA absolutely taught mm-hmm. me that lies are everywhere. And I cannot believe how long it took me. That everything is lies and you're all making it up. Right? <laughs> like it's all, you know, like so realizing that like you, you really, really need to take every single thing you hear and put it through a lens that is very specific to you and your belief system. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, so think about like, there's a lot of fitness accounts out there. And the biggest thing I ask is, are they ovulating? Do they care about their clients ovulating? Mm-hmm. Do they know how to confirm ovulation? Do they, you know what I mean? And so obviously we're narrowing it down really fast and really easy because the thing is, is that the advice like fasting or jumping into a workout for someone who does not care about ovulation, which is fine. If like, you don't care about it, I don't hate you. Like I have a few friends who are like, I just don't care. I'm like, okay. Informed, just informed decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But like, we can't take someone's content out there who does not care about ovulation. It's not on the radar and their programs don't uh, like, don't even make room or mention for it and then apply it to you and then wonder why there's something wrong with you. Right. There's something wrong with the program or we're just simply taking the wrong information and trying to apply it right to a situation that it doesn't work in. So I think kind of going back to like getting nuanced in it is the, I think the best thing I could tell anybody is slow is fast. Slow is fast. Mm-hmm. Um, Megan, who is on the podcast, she's up to running and she runs and lifts. I think she works out like between running and lifting. She probably works out five to six times a week and she still ovulates. The chick still obvious because she 100% did the slowest fast, meaning that like she worked it in and each time it made sure that she ovulated before she upped it. Meaning yeah. that like no matter whatever activity, whether it's bouldering, whether it's, you know, like 
slow is fast and you have your entire life to like increase it. Running isn't ending on Friday. (laughs) There is never going to be a shortage of gyms. They're not closing. They're not They're Like, so none of these things are going anywhere. So I think if you feel pressured by yourself (laughs) to increase, then it's like, oh, I'm operating in a scarcity mindset and it's not even real. Like I have just created it and bought into it because I'm afraid of blank. So you, so really you got to figure out what it is that you're, you're afraid of. And just knowing that start off with one variable, one variable, test it. So increase. So one mile, one time per week. So it's two weeks and then you should be ovulating in two weeks. If not, we got another problem, right? Then after ovulation, add in two miles for two weeks. If you give it four to six weeks, you're already up to like running multiple times a week, you know, and all those types of things. But you also can't decrease your food at the same time because that's two variables. And I just said one, one variable. One. <laughs> that's it. That's like that's how it goes. <laughs> like right? it actually can be that simple. There is an option to like to have both. And mm-hmm. the reality is like the one thing that is probably true is that you will probably be eating more to support the training going forward. And you will potentially not train as much physically as you did, right? Like as frequently, mm-hmm. like that may change because side note, as women age, they need less training to actually adapt. And we have the research to show that three days a week of training where you're putting your body through a stress response is enough to elicit a response. Meaning if you're actually trying to get stronger, if you're actually trying to get faster three times a week, is it four times a week is proven to have no additional benefit. And five plus is proven to (laughs) take away benefit. So with that, um, you know, the best thing for you to do is train the minimum amount to get the maximum result. But what are women with HA doing? Training the maximum to get the minimum. That's what they're doing and their body is adapting by shutting down systems. So when you come, right, and you're like, I just want this to be behind me. I really want to get back to my training regime. Um, Like you just, you, this has to, you have to see this now as your training regime. Like you have to now see this as, the path forward. Otherwise you're choosing to be um, less healthy. And I want to touch on that because there are people, right, who are battling with that question. They're like, maybe I want to choose to be less healthy. People like that, right? Like we'll, we'll have conversations with people. I don't, like, I think that I choose this. That's how much fear is in someone. And if you're like, I mean, I just want to say it as it is. 
you're just choosing nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's also just choosing a really short-term goal. Yeah. You're, it's just, it's but, just, but it results really... in a long-term problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No, 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 no. Um, I think it's just, I think it's one of those things that kind of going back to impulse. Yeah. You're choosing nothing because then you end up choosing an impulse. Right. You're choosing an impulse, which is the same as like to, you know, think about any other like impulse. The reason why impulses aren't great and people haven't been like, come on, you know, they like, Oh, let me organize my impulses is because they actually don't go anywhere. That's the whole point. They, they don't go anywhere. They're so short-lived mm. and highly ineffective. Hence why you keep going back, right? It's highly ineffective. It's so short-lived and it's really kind of like you're saying, it's actually really choosing nothing. Yeah, because it keeps you stuck, right? Like every Which time- is okay. Like we're not like judging you for it, but we just have to- I mean, like, I did it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we all did it. Let's be real. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm gonna like go back through my experience because I stopped. I was training like five to seven days a week, um, in weightlifting, and I really wanted it. Really, all of the things, right? Like identified as it, it was really important to me. I was passionate. I used to like fall asleep tonight visualizing lifts, mm-hmm. which like yeah. low key, just so everyone knows, is how I got as good as I got. But it's still an extra thing to do. Um, And to make the decision to put it down for my health was like really, um, it was like heavy. It was a really heavy moment. And it was like a choice, like you're at a choice point where you, like I did, I did feel like how everyone feels. We're like, I'm putting this down. I might be putting this down forever. Because like, what if, right? Because here's the fear. What if when I come back, I forget it all. And I've lost all of my physical ability to do this. And I never am able to catch back up to where I was. Right? Like that's the fear, right? Like if I let go of it too much, it will be gone forever. Um, But I did it anyways. Because I, you know, like many of us do, just decided this was really great and good for me. Um, the long-term health outcomes were too scary for me, but it was really still a hard decision. And I tried for as long as I could to not like to get my peer back without having to actually get rid of training, which like fair enough. <laughs> Have a go. But that was just reality. Um, and it ended up being amazing. And a completely positively life-changing experience to not be driven and led by my fear and to be like, yeah, free from this, like, I have to, I'm so exhausted, but I have to go train. Mm -hmm. Like a whole other person, you know, came up out of it who is now able to take a step back and look at the exercise from a new perspective. So I think as well, if like, if you're, you know, one of those people who's like, I can't let go of the exercise because it keeps me sane. It's my thing. Um, yeah. One other good benefit to like taking a pause from it is so that you can see it with more clarity. 
-hmm. it might be for you right but like let's double check like taking a break from your partner if you feel like things are getting weird (laughs) um (laughs) you have people do that and they just like take time to like collect their thoughts and figure out like is this what I really want think people have to do that this is a good opportunity for that and it will still be there so I reintroduced training it was still there for me um I got pregnant weightlifting you know what I mean um I just had to be smarter about it and I never ever since then trained more than three times a week as a weightlifter like that was all I ever did and it was amazing because I had all this free time. It's like it made sense to wash my hair. Sometimes <laughs> I got to, got to just like dress up nice most days of the week. And like it was worth it. Just it was. And, and then I came home and I just ate. Like I ate anything, you know, after training. And it just, it just, it just is better. It just is a better experience. And I feel like just having this conversation is just helpful for anyone who's like, I just need to hear someone say that, you know? Yeah. And I, and I do think that like, sometimes um, it's important to to take a break because you don't know how disordered your relationship with exercise is until you come back and you're like, so I'm just like going to start off with two days a week, assess how I feel, and then add is needed rather than like, I'm jumping back into my old routine because that's what I've always done. Like you've not allowed yourself to have any new thoughts, a new opinion or fresh eyes on like the situation. Or like allowed, sometimes I feel like we're not allowing ourselves to discover our hobbies outside of exercise either like have we given ourselves enough time to discover the things that actually bring us joy outside of exercise I wonder that a lot with some people like did we give enough did we really work on that enough or did we not prioritize that I don't know yeah I had someone ask me once like so what else are you into and I had no answer for that (laughs) and it was like really embarrassing I felt embarrassed. It was like another weightlifter asked me that. And so then, of course, I had a comparison. I was like, oh, does she have other things going on too? Am I the only one, like, only doing this and only thinking about this and, like, living and breathing it? Yeah. So there are a lot of people out there who have um, taken a massive break from the thing that they're very passionate about. And it was still there for them to come back to if they wanted it. And there is a strategic way to do it. And you can still have it. Um, there, It's not black and white. It's not like, oh, well, now I can't be serious. Now I have to just be a hobby person. You know, who only does this. No, you can also do it at a high level. Many women compete at a high level with menstrual cycles. Who said that they don't all not have menstrual cycles? Mm-hmm. Right? So let's just figure out the way to have both. Mm -hmm. Just unfortunately, you have to go slow and you only get one period a month to like assess, right? But side note, right? If you do use FAM and you do track your cycle and stuff, you get information faster than every month. 
you know, you know, if things are delayed, you know, if base temperatures are going down, you know, if cervical mucus is drying up, you like, you know, the signs before the period, mm-hmm. there are tools, right? As a high level athlete, you should probably use that because it'll make you better. But if you just want to keep like running yourself on the goofy loop train, because that's more fun for you. Well, cool. But just so you know, the fear is telling you this is better, but it's wrong. And the slowest, fast version is better. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't really have a strong opinion. I mean, I have a thought about it, but I have a strong opinion on the fact of tracking, tracking your cycles and, um, performing at a high level, which is a hundred percent possible. Um, I think it just lets you know where, where you're at in your cycle. And like, for me, I won't even be on like an actual program, but I'll like do the craziest things around ovulation. I'm like, you know what? I'm a hundred percent signing up for rim to rim. I'm planning that I'm going to do that 26 mile hike. And when I look back, it's because I'm ovulating. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, when I do it, I am ovulating. And I'm like, absolutely, I'm going to crush this, right? And I do. <laughs> so, you know, but then sometimes I'll have maybe probably like the first day of my cycle. And I'm like, yeah, I just like feel more fatigued. And that doesn't mean that I have to train differently, but I'm not on the goofy loop of like, what's wrong with me? My strength is leaving me. I'm so behind. No, it's the first day of your cycle. You'll be fine. Give it 24 hours. You'll probably feel a little bit better. It is going to be a new day, a new hormonal profile. You know, so I think that's so important as intuitively like listening to your body. Now, some people go into the extreme and they try to biohack training on your cycle. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but just be careful because that's just another level of obsession. But not everyone feels crappy on the first day of their bleed. Some people feel really great. And so I wouldn't change my training just because, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to train that because I'm probably don't change anything this whole yeah. like just just like just be aware reasonable expectations yes yes just I like be that. aware of like you know first day my cycle I'm probably not going to feel exactly up to it and I have to be mindful of myself because I have no chill around ovulation no chill <laughs> absolutely not and I have to know that for myself yeah I think that was a good thing about my journey, like being able to take a step away from exercise. And then when I came back to it, it allowed me to meet myself where I was at. And I was like, I didn't have these expectations. Now there were a couple of weeks when I first started to reintroduce exercise that I was just like trying to go balls to the wall. And then I was like, checked myself. And I was just like, no, wait, I was like, I actually get to meet myself where I'm at. Like, this is the cool part about it. Like I get to like build a foundation and decide what I want exercise to look like for me. So I just kind of had this like, you know, aha moment for myself that I wouldn't have been able to have if I didn't take that break, I don't think. And then I think something else that I had to remind myself about and with a lot of things is like always being able to be like, okay, I know the two extremes. 
HA recovery is an extreme in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Bipolar disorder was a extreme as well. So what is like the middle ground? How can I meet myself in the middle? So I feel like, you know, post recovery is all about like, you know, discovering flexibility, getting out of the black and the white, and then really trying to flex like your flexibility muscle. Like, where can I be flexible in my thinking? Where can I be flexible in the way that I like train and work out and the way that I show up in the world? So those are just some two cents from my own experience. I love it. Of all of this, this has been great, guys. That's all I got. Yeah. I think the the final note is just like, remember when you say that you want to continue to perform at a high level, performing has nothing to do with training at an insane level. Those are two different things. So like, you really want to be an athlete. You really want to run, run the farthest. You really want to lift the most. That is a performance goal that actually has nothing to do with like how much of a rocky sports montage your daily life looks like you know what i mean just like marinate with that okay this was helpful guys thank you everybody for joining us we'll see you next week until then happy recovering Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about TempDrop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs. And then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons, 
like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction. Temp drop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the temp drop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural this is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.